Again, haven't watched the tape, so it's hard for me. Uh, and even when you ask me on Monday, I'm not going to tell you. Uh, but uh, just full disclosure, I mean, I, we've got to coach these guys. Hello, and welcome to the Daily Northwestern's Football Podcast. If you didn't catch Northwestern's triple overtime win over Michigan State last weekend, I am very sorry for you because it was a great and fun game. The Wildcats' first ever win in the third overtime, and we're here to talk about that and more. I'm Max Schumann, your host today, joined by one of the Daily's esteemed football writers and my colleague, Cole Paxton. Cole, welcome back. Max, thanks. It's been a while. Glad to be here once again. Yeah, happy to have you back. All right, let's uh, jump in, give the people what they want. Last weekend's game against the Spartans. Northwestern wins 39-31, scoring a touchdown and forcing a game-ending interception in the third overtime. Seal it. Nate Hall pulls down the interception. Students rush the field. Game was tied at 17 at the end of regulation. Things got kind of crazy in overtime, and the Cats came out on top. I honestly have no idea where to start with this one, uh, so I'm going to turn it over to you, Cole. What were your takeaways from Saturday's game? Yeah, what was just kind of ridiculous, Max, to see <laughs> Northwestern and Michigan State have this you know, low-scoring, hard-fought defensive battle. Neither team moved the ball well at all until the fourth quarter and then hit overtime, and you know it's like the dam burst. I just thought it was really good veteran play from Northwestern to you know, be successful in overtime, didn't let the moment get to them playing a top-20 team, getting deep into... Overtimes, Northwestern was poised, ultimately made the right plays in the third overtime. Yeah, there were basically like two different games here. One of them, as you mentioned, was the like the game in regulation, which was kind of a, I mean, there were a lot of yards, but not a lot of points in the end. Michigan State obviously comes in as, came in as one of the best defensive teams in the country. Northwestern's defense has also been pretty strong throughout most of the Big Ten season. Just not a lot of points coming down. Michigan State got the ball with a few minutes left. It was 17-10 at that point. Brian Lewerke, their quarterback, leads them down the field, and they score a touchdown in the corner of the north end zone at Ryan Field to end up tying the game and sending it to overtime. And then you get to overtime, and teams are scoring. Like, every possession was, like, a couple plays, and then the and then a team would score a touchdown. It was really... It was insane, Max. Each team, as I dug through the stats after the game on Saturday... In the overtime periods, each team only had one third down play. Yeah. They were so efficient moving the ball. I mean, I think there might not have been a possession in overtime that took more than three plays. No, I feel like that's it's about accurate. I mean, each team scored on two plays at least once. It was it was quite the uh quite the sight. And if you were writing about the game like I was Every, like, 30 or 40 seconds, you had to erase everything you had written and start over again. It was just a really, one of the more memorable games I've covered of Northwestern's. Probably one of the most memorable games that's happened at Ridefield in recent history. Let's try to at least take some semblance of analysis from this game, even though it was really hard given the overtime madness. We'll start on the offensive side. Michigan State comes in, as I mentioned, one of the best defenses in the country. Classic Michigan State kind of defense, good defensive line, good secondary. Northwestern moved the ball pretty well on them, but it wasn't on the ground. It was through Clayton Thorson's arm. Cole, what did you see from the passing offense? Yeah, what I saw was a Clayton Thorson who did a really good job of taking advantage of the opportunities that Michigan State gave him. There were not a lot of deep shots in this game, even though 
He ended up with 356 yards on 33 of 48 passing. There were countless underneath routes to Flanagle, who had eight catches for 87 yards. Cam Green, the super back, was open a few times on short routes. We saw Justin Jackson have one of his best receiving games of his career. He had seven catches for 51 yards, in addition, of course, to his touchdown pass in the fourth quarter. And... A lot of those catches for Jackson were not designed. They were checkdowns. There was a screen here or there. It was the third or fourth option for Thorson. So it was very comfortable just finding someone who was open and content to let Northwestern kind of chip its way down the field. Yeah, Thorson played a very good game. I also think he was helped by his offensive line, which has really stepped up over the last couple of weeks. And it wasn't clear. Maryland Games like Maryland, Maryland with a thin defensive front, even Iowa is like got a good defense, but doesn't necessarily have big names. Right. Michigan State, you expected them to get after Thorson, and I thought the offensive line did a very good job protecting him, which gave him enough time to kind of find those guys on checkdowns and keep the ball moving. And the Western twenty-eight first downs, yeah. only one turnover. Uh, they held the ball for a good chunk of regulation. I mean, not a ton to complain about from the offensive performance overall. No, I don't think so. I mean, Jackson only had 41 yards on 17 carries. That's kind of something you expect coming into the game, though. The Spartans ran a very good run defense. Exactly. Michigan State was going to do something well defensively, and clearly it was to slow down the run. Northwestern averages 2.3 yards per carry. Almost the extension of the run game with the short, wide passes pretty much rendered that point moot. Fitz, after the game, mentioned that he thought Mick McCall, offensive coordinator, who is often maligned, among Northwestern fans, called a good game. I think he probably called about the same game, but I think his that he would normally. But I think his players executed pretty well. Let's flip over to the other side of the ball. Brian Lewerke had himself a day, more than four hundred yards passing. I believe four, four touchdowns through the air. Four touchdowns. Uh, he they their passing attack was moving the ball very well, but again, only 17 points in regulation. Cole, what did you think of the defense overall today? Yeah, I thought it, it was a solid defensive effort for Northwestern. I don't think this is going to be a game, even in regulation, where you put it on the tape and say, look at how successful we were. But Northwestern didn't get burned too much. I mean, Michigan State would move the ball a little bit, get a couple first downs, or get into Northwestern territory, and then the Wildcats would hold firm. So a solid effort in regulation for Northwestern, uh, I don't know about you, Max. To me, it was nothing really special. The run defense was good, kind of kept Michigan State from doing anything significant there, but decent, I guess, would be kind of the one word for me for Northwestern's defense. Yeah, it was kind of wild to see this game played through the air as much as it was. And I will say, Brian Lewerke had a few deep shots that you found success with, and that kind of was the key to their offense. However, once they got into the red zone, they weren't as successful. Once they got across the 50, they weren't as successful. I think Northwestern's defense played well, and again, I think containing the run, especially scrambles from Lewerke, who uh, can move. He can move around in the pocket, and he did move around a couple times to uh, create plays with his arm, but to limit him with his feet, I think was a pretty good job by Northwestern's defense, especially since they're known, as every defense is known, they're known to struggle with quarterbacks who can move. I don't have too many complaints about the defense performance. That was just one of those games where things get a little zany. It was. And <laughs> things got very zany in the third overtime when we saw Northwestern make two huge defensive plays. Joe Gaziano with a 
strip of Wilborki on the last play and then Nate Hall's interception. So to cap a pretty okay defensive performance with a play like that is excellent. That play was a little uh, that was a little shocking to me, to be honest. It was, it was wild. Weird. So the final play of the game, Michigan State lines up. Brian Lewerke drops back. Joe Gaziano rushes from his blind side, so from his left. Beats the tackle, forces a fumble on Lewerke. Lewerke scoops the ball up. And then looks downfield and thinks that he has a man open, chucks it up for grabs. The man was not open. <laughs> it was also a terrible throw. The man was. The, the, this was a bad, this was a horrible idea. But he had he had created big plays in this way throughout the game. So maybe he felt like, oh, this is going to be one where I break the pocket and yeah. someone gets open downfield in the scramble drill. It was a bad idea. Nate Hall comes down with the interception and uh, everyone goes crazy. Nate Hall, by the way, who apparently had more than thirty stitches in his finger. Caught the game-winning interception. I thought that was pretty grotesque. Yes. Ridiculous. <laughs> Ridiculous. I would not be able to do that myself, No, I would say. Cole, I have a question for you as someone who's covered a lot of different sporting events mm. and also a few football games this season. How memorable of a game do you think this is, and especially in terms of like the last 10 years of Northwestern football? How should we view this game in terms of the, how much we'll look back on it? Well, I think memorable is a good word because this game was not hugely significant for Northwestern. Yes, it was a it was third a, straight a win. win. Yes. It was a good win. It was the best team Northwestern will beat all season, and Michigan State is a top 20 team. But this win is not going to propel Northwestern to a Rose Bowl. It was not a win over a top five team. But in terms of the entertainment value that this game brought out and in terms of how crazy and how insane... And like you said, how memorable this game was. There can't be too many Northwestern sporting events, really, in many sports in recent years that had as many twists and turns and as much excitement as this game did. Yeah, it was just kind of a reminder of how college football, the thing about college football I think keeps people coming back is the fact that even if games don't matter in a macro sense, neither of these teams are shooting for the national championship. Neither of them are really probably going to factor into the Big Ten championship discussion. But this game was just a lot of fun. It was. It doesn't really matter that it wasn't meant for anything. Most college football is played with basically no stakes. It was just a it was just a good time and it was something that I think we will all remember. I also want to shout out to Justin Jackson who threw his first career pass, which was a it was a knuckler. It was, it was a, not a great the technique was poor. <laughs> he needed some he needed some work on the execution, but it the result was okay. He threw up a, a touchdown pass on a uh, run to the outside that he pulled up and threw a touchdown pass to Ben Skoranek in the end zone. His first pass, first completion, first touchdown. Three. Also appears it will be his last pass. It seems like it'll occasions. be his last pass, but maybe it's a little misdirection. Maybe Justin Jackson is... Maybe there's a quarterback controversy mm. brewing in Evanston. Maybe well, Clayton Thorson better be looking over his shoulder. I'm just saying. One last question, Cole. The students rush the field after this win. Yes. Are you down with the field rushing? I personally am not a fan of field rushing at, at of all. Field I mean, field Cole, like if you, you beat no if you beat a top like two or three team, go for it by all means. I am not a huge fan of field rushing when you beat the number sixteen team in the country, even in a game like this. But I don't have I don't take big issue with it. I So I'm a big believer in precedent, fundamentally. And in 2014, Northwestern defeated number 17 Wisconsin at home 
and the students rushed the field. That felt egregious to me. I was at that game and I thought, I was thinking, huh, like, what are we doing on the field here? Maybe we should have cooled it and not rushed onto the field. I've, I've, I've uh, changed my viewpoint a little bit over time because I just think field rushing is fun. And especially, so there are places, like, it's a big issue with certain schools that have these massive student sections and then 20,000 people run on the field. And, like, that might be a health risk, but, like, you've got 500 students. Exactly. They took up, yes. like, half of the south end zone of Ryan Field. <laughs> It's not like a huge risk. I think it's fun. And I think, I don't know. I think it's it fun. Was, I think it was deserved. It's a low game, risk. That game was, was wild enough that I think it deserved a field rush. I was a fan. I was a fan of it. All right. I don't think we have anything else to add about this Michigan State game, although I'm sure that in like five years, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and think of some other great thing to take away from this. It was just a really uh, fun game. A lot of stuff happened. Northwestern wins. And is now five and three on the season, three and two in the Big Ten. One win away from bowl eligibility, coming away with one of the classic wins of the Fitz era and of the season overall. Let's switch gears then and go on to next week. Northwestern travels to Nebraska. Bowl eligibility on the line for Northwestern. If they win, that's Six, which means that they'd be guaranteed a bowl berth. Nebraska this season is basically a very average team. We were both preparing for this and had no idea what Nebraska was good at. They're four and four this season, tied with Northwestern and the Big Ten West. Nebraska's head coach is Mike Riley, who's in his second season, and he's taking some heat this year because his team's just kind of struggling. Yeah, I mean, the reason that Nebraska fired Bill Pelini was because he had good but not great seasons, and Mike Riley has come in, and he's had decent at best seasons. That was a weird hire when they hired him. It was. I thought it was a poor fit for Nebraska and a poorer fit for Mike Riley. So this is a big game from Nebraska's standpoint and from Mike Riley's standpoint because a home game against a conference rival that is showing well like Northwestern is could be big for his case of just keeping his job for another season. You kind of feel like that the the come-from-behind win at Purdue last week kind of kept Mike Riley his job in the interim. Nebraska. But he's going to need some more wins, to put it simply. Nebraska coming off a win last week at Purdue, 25-24. Purdue was leading in that game. Nebraska squeaked it out in the end. So this game has some stakes for both teams. Cole, what are you looking at? for Northwestern in terms of seeing what they need to do to get the win. Yeah, I think Northwestern comes in. They're the favorite in this game. The line opened in Nebraska's favor, but it's Northwestern now at, at about a point, point and a half favorite. And I mean, the Wildcats are basically a better team across the board. I don't know if there's a position group. You could make a clear case that Nebraska's better. This is a very mediocre Cornhusker team. They do not have a win against a team anywhere near as good as Northwestern. So to me, Max, this is about if Northwestern comes out and executes the way it has in the last three games, which have been three pretty solid wins against capable teams. And if they do that, they should walk out of Lincoln without too much trouble getting a win. But this Nebraska team is competent enough that if Northwestern slips up, if they struggle, you could very easily lose the game. I'll be watching the offensive line 
the offensive line's kind of strung together some good performances, and when the line is working well, it is really a big help to Clayton Thorson, and the, by proxy, the rest of the offense. I'll be interested to see if they can keep it going. I don't think Nebraska has the kind of talent up front that a Michigan State does. So they should, if, if they've turned a corner with their play, they should be able to do a good job here this week. That's the big thing that I'm watching for, and the thing I'm always watching for, I feel like I say this every week. Overall, uh, Northwestern and Nebraska are kind of close in the spread. Northwestern, obviously, on the road, adjust that a little bit. ESPN's Football Power Index predictions has Northwestern a 60% chance to win this game. Cole, what do you think? I think that's about accurate. I mean, if I'm being nitpicky, maybe it's a few percentage points high for Northwestern. But again, if Northwestern plays like it has in its last two wins, particularly the overtime wins against Iowa and Michigan State, Nebraska really doesn't have much of a chance to win. Yeah. I mean, Nebraska would need some kind of superhuman effort to beat an on-form Northwestern, and I think that's pretty pretty unlikely proposition. Northwestern, if they start out well here, I mean, obviously Nebraska is coming off a come-from-behind win, but against Purdue, who's more fun this season. Not Purdue so is bad. better, not so but... But not... Not on the same level as Northwestern. Yes. The one thing I do that does concern me a little bit from a Northwestern perspective is Nebraska's receivers are probably the best unit on the team. Tanner Lee threw for 450 yards last weekend. So you just wonder, even if Northwestern gets up, say, two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, game is not over. And against Northwestern cornerbacks that have been targeted a fair bit, and rightly so, you just never know what what you're gonna get what you could get yeah yeah so nebraska has got a couple of receivers that have put up some good numbers this season stanley morgan jr is their leading receiver in catches and yards and touchdowns but also jd spielman demorne personnel they have had good receivers the last couple of years and that is still the case this season Uh, their quarterback you mentioned tanner lee is fine Fine. He's averaging a 57% completion this season, 15 touchdowns, 10 picks. Yeah, a lot of interceptions. To have 10 interceptions in eight games. Clayton Thorson has nine. Yeah. Generally just decent, not very efficient. Coming after Tommy Armstrong, too. So Nebraska last season posed some challenges for Northwestern with Armstrong's running. I think he had close to, if not over, 100 yards on the ground. Yes. They don't really have that element this season. Tanner Lee has no carries this season. <laughs> they, so. don't, they, they don't have that element that this season, which should be a help for Northwestern. I I guess this game just, just really, this would be, I think, it's not a big win in the sense that it doesn't really matter postseason-wise. Northwestern has enough easy games coming up, relatively easy games coming up, that they should be able to secure a bowl position that they feel good about. But... This is a big game, I think, from the standpoint of Northwestern. If they win this game and win this game comfortably, they take a claim that they're actually good. Yeah, which I think, has been up for debate, I think, for most of this season. I think also when Northwestern was two and three after the losses to Wisconsin and Penn State, we looked at the schedule and said, okay, you kind of have a four-game stretch against like decent to good teams, and then you close the regular season with three games against teams that are mediocre at best. Northwestern is 3-0 and against these better teams. So if they win at Nebraska, that's a four-game winning streak. You have a very distinct possibility of, not to put 
you know, the cart too far before the horse, but the possibility of winning seven straight games would be a pretty big deal. That would be a pretty big deal. It's disappointing for this team that had high expectations coming in to kind of lay eggs, especially offensively in their two high-profile games at the start of conference play at Wisconsin, home against Penn State. But I would argue that the performance at Duke was probably the most The performance at Duke was dis- disheartening, but didn't really derail what could have been a dark horse Big Ten True. championship run. Would have had a very dark horse Big Ten championship run, but there was some chatter that they had a chance of going to the championship game at least this season. Disappointing to have tabled that so early, but I think there's a very distinct possibility that they went out from here and then at that point, 9-3. and three, Probably is, just outside, but on the cusp of the top 25. This is, I mean, this would be a pretty good team and a pretty successful season, yeah. I think, at that point, given how things started to end it in such a strong fashion. would be surprising, but also, I think, a big deal for Northwestern's program. All right, so let's wrap this up then. Cole, want to take a stab at it? Yeah, I have uh, Northwestern 27, Nebraska 20. Um, you know, the Wildcats just are winning games. The better team, as we've said, Max. And I think another good day from Clayton Thorson. Um, Nebraska's secondary is beat up. And I think also Nebraska run defense that's really struggling. Northwestern isn't going to blow the doors off offensively, but I'm expecting an efficient, strong performance from the Wildcats. I'm looking at, I think the offense has a pretty good day. I've just got a feeling. I'm looking at Northwestern 38, Nebraska 27. I think Northwestern runs out to a decent lead to start and then just kind of holds Nebraska off the entire game. I just think this is a game Northwestern should win, given the momentum for both teams. I know momentum may not exist. I feel you you are among the proponents that momentum is overrated if it exists at all but if you if anyone's ever going to have momentum it would be coming off a game like saturdays against michigan state that was a that was a nice win and really i think energizing for the team to see things pay off against a ranked opponent like that all right those are our picks northwestern takes on nebraska in lincoln 2 30 p.m central the daily northwestern of course will be at Nebraska covering that game. So stay tuned for that coverage. Check out dailynorthwestern.com for all of our stories before the game and after the game. Follow us at Daily NU Sports on Twitter for live updates from games and press conferences. If you like this podcast, subscribe to The Daily on iTunes. Follow us on SoundCloud so that you can get every episode directly to your phone. We'll be back next week to recap Northwestern and Nebraska. Cole, thanks for coming on. Thank you, Max. See you guys next week. Get home safe.